Welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast, the photo imaging industry's leading news source. Here's your host, Gary Peugeot. The Dead Pixel Society podcast is brought to you by Media Clip, Advertech Printing, and IP Labs. Hello again and welcome to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. I'm your host, Gary Peugeot, and today we're joined by Tracy Gunn, who's from Get Exitable. And Tracy's coming to us from New Hampshire. Hi, Tracy. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Hello from New Hampshire. Yay. You've got an interesting story as a business owner mm-hmm. who ran multiple businesses and was trying to find a way out. Can you share the story of how that experience led into what you're doing now? Absolutely. So I was like many of you, you know, small business owner, often have ADHD, you know, I want more of this. So I I started with the candy store. Then I wound up with a restaurant. Then I did another restaurant, then another candy store because, you know, business ADHD. And um, one day I just was done. I just had hit the wall. I was standing in my bar. It's closing time, you know, and little sunny sonic playing closing time. time. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, and I was like frustrated with my staff and I was like, tired of like my customers and all the things that I had, you know, looking around at the prison. I mean, the business I had built for myself and I just thought, I don't want to do this anymore. And so for me, I just thought, oh, I'll hire a broker. He'll help me. I'll get out of this. I'll be able to do what I want to do. Right. Cause that's what most of us, we start these things usually because we want some kind of freedom. Right. Um, and uh, so I hired a broker. Um, and his name is Bill and he's a nice man, but like I, I laid it all out for him. Like, here's what I want to do. I want to sell that. I had all these dreams of exiting. And he was like, sorry, Tracy, you know, your best bet is just to liquidate. There's nothing really worth selling. And it killed. It was like a punch in the gut. Like, wow. Like, are you kidding me? How long had you been doing this? Uh, candy so store? I had, uh, I had had the candy first candy store for um, twelve or thirteen years. At that point, mm-hmm. I had had the restaurant one for three years, one for two years, mm-hmm. and the new candy store was only like a year old. And this pre-COVID, but I just, you know, I kept thinking, like every business owner, like I can do this. I got this. It's fine. Everything's fine. And then I had a grandbaby, and everything kind of shifted. Like, well. I want to go or whatever. So when he basically said I couldn't do anything with it and he couldn't help me and he was like going to be my, you know, hero fixer. Your advocate. He was supposed to be working for you. He was supposed to be. Yeah. And I just was like. His incentive would be to get you the most money possible as a broker. Not tell me to liquidate. I mean, (laughs) so I'll be honest. I cried a little. Um, And then I just thought to myself. right now. Yeah, you feel bad for me, right? And the thing is, I think this is. I mean, that's his job, right? His job is to sell businesses. And he obviously wants a job that's easy, not hard. And my businesses would have been hard for him to sell. So what I figured out for me was that I could, you know what? I built it. I had sales. I had customers. Like, it can't all be bad. And so I gave myself six months to fix it, like to fix the things, whatever he was seeing that I wasn't seeing and what he wasn't seeing that I did see. I was going to just fix the things and I gave myself six months. And so I'll be honest, like it was hard. It took a lot of work and effort and research because I didn't have anybody helping me. I was just figuring it out. But 
I'll tell you, I fixed some things really, mm -hmm. some were really fast. Some took a little longer, but I found a buyer in three months. So what were those things that you, because you had to basically reevaluate your businesses, Correct. right? You had to look at, Correct. you had to step outside, take the emotion mm -hmm. out of it and say, yeah. so, so what were like the top three things you saw that said, okay, if I fix this, this, and this, it's a more appealing as a business. Yeah. So first, I mean, first, even before I started fixing anything, I had to see what did he not see, right? Because mm -hmm. I saw value there. We had money coming in and it was almost a million dollar a business, top line business. So like, what, what was I missing? So I did like take a step back and think, okay, what am I missing? That's not that like what he can't see the value. Right. So right. that was number one. And then number two is I kind of like thought, well, what do I want? Right. Do I want to just liquidate? Cause I could have, I could have just lit a match and walked away. I mean, mm -hmm. that was a possibility. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. People do that all the time. Right? Just, all the time. You, that's not what you wanted to do. You were, you're a builder, not a liquidator. Correct. So I was like, okay, first, what do I want? So I chose what I wanted. I was going to fix it six months. I gave myself a deadline. And then number two, and then I wanted to sell it for something. It didn't have to be millions of dollars, but I wanted to get something back. Right. I put all this effort in gave up time, money, energy, you know, family events, all that stuff, right? I wanted to get paid back in some way. And so I figured out what I wanted. I figured out, then I thought, okay, he says my valuation zero. Why? What am I missing? Mm -hmm. So I didn't have great profitability because like most business owners, I used my business like a piggy bank and I reinvested in it and it was on the newer side. So I was still paying off things. So I knew I'd increase profitability. I knew that I was too involved in my business and I need to set up some better systems that could get me out of it. So that mm -hmm. was the second part. So I knew I did identify what I was going to fix, but I also identified what were my main pain points. Like what made me want to pay someone to take this away from me? What made me want to set it on fire and walk away, mm -hmm. right? And so I identified those things. So if I, I knew that if I could figure out those couple things, mm -hmm it wouldn't be so painful every day. I wouldn't feel so done. Right. And so those were the three things. You know, I figured out like, what would I want? What was I missing in the valuation piece? Like understanding what is it worth and why the mm. pieces that put that together and what could I fix quickly? And what did I really need to fix for my own mental health, right? So those, those are kind of the three things that I did. And I did that the first month. Like the first month, I just dove into those things. For example, you you bought some equipment you're paying on because you were expecting to have this restaurant around for mm -hmm. a while. Yep, yep. But now you're realizing, oh my gosh, now I've got too much money going in to pay this yep. up. So what do you right. do? So like, I'll give you an example. So for, first, like sometimes tech has some of the answers. So for example, one thing that makes a business valuable is knowing who your customers are, mm -hmm. having a good database or a way to communicate with them. And so I, as a bar... We had a POS system mm -hmm. that was not tracking my customers. Mm -hmm. Now, I most people use a credit card. You have your their information. So we instituted that I already own. All I had to do was teach my staff to set up our loyalty program. Now I could tell you who came in, how often, how much they spent, right? Mm -hmm. And I had a way to communicate with them. Make them an offer. Get them in this week. We're doing this thing, right? So all of a sudden, I threw tech that I already own. I just had mm -hmm. to turn it on and teach my girls who, mm -hmm. frankly, they were able to give a free appetizer for signing up. Customers happy, staff 
because I had waitresses, staff happy, and now mm. I have the data. All of a sudden now I have a couple thousand people of regular customers mm. that I can know who they are, what they order, what they like. Mm. I mean, all that info that I hadn't tapped into before. Because that's one of the things I think when people look at uh, selling their business, they tend to mm -hmm. look at the fixed assets and things. Right. They don't look at the customer base as yeah. the actual asset that they kind of overlook that. But that's actually probably what you're selling is the customer yeah. base. Yeah. Because if those people stop coming, right, food changes. And most, if you have people who are coming on a regular basis, if you transition and you have a new owner, but they don't like them as much and the food changes, right, that like that the business could be gone just like that. So I had to make it not about Tracy, but about the consistency and about really connecting the business to them, right? right. To build in some loyalty by, and sometimes that requires giving, but let's be honest. I mean, in a restaurant, what does, you know, an app cost eight, nine bucks, but then they buy dinner and drinks. It was a big bar and they consider you and you've now given something. Well, now there's a little bit you know, of uh, reciprocity. Mm -hmm. right, right, right. Which is great. So mm -hmm. like that was one thing that I did. Um, and that, again, I already had the tech. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So like, who are your customers? Where are you? Where do you find them? How do you communicate with them? Do they gather? Do they gather with me? Like, can mm -hmm. I communicate with them? Those are things to think mm -hmm. about. Right. Because again, you know, when you're in it and doing all the time, it's hard to do that, right? It's hard to just get outside of it. And now I had a reason. And I will mm -hmm. say this for me, once I decided I want to be done, it was a shift of working 16, 18 hour days on the business, in the business. I took a lot of that time and shifted it towards exiting the business, Right. whether or not it was going to work, but I just took that energy and shifted it so now mm. I could work on those things that would build my assets, that would build my profitability. Because there's a lot of people who, uh, sadly, in the photo industry, who have retail locations or operations, yeah. Yeah. And, and they're not set up for that, unfortunately. And when it comes time to sell, whether they've had a, you know, a, a family event or they've just reached retirement age or they're just burnt out, they're not in a position to right. sell, sadly enough. So yes. you were very fortunate. Did you get what you wanted or did you have to settle? Um, I settled a little, but I got what I wanted in the sense that I was able mm -hmm. to get out because mm -hmm. I had four businesses I was trying to fix, right? Mm -hmm. Not just one. So I mm -hmm. took the biggest headache and I just dedicated my time and energy there mm -hmm. so that I could, because that was the one that was taking the most time. It was the newest. It was the biggest. It was the one that I thought should be worth the most. And so, you know, and honestly, part of that whole planning process is who's going to buy it, right? Mm -hmm. Thinking about that in your plan of, okay, if I'm going to sell, who the heck's going to buy it and who might be interested? And then thinking about what would they be looking for? Right. Marketing one-on-one, because what you're, yeah. you're really yeah. saying is you're finding a customer for, yeah. to buy your business, right? You're not, so yeah. you have to yeah. make it more appealing to them and you have to kind of visualize who's going to buy it right now. Correct. Now was the person, the purchaser of the restaurant specifically, were they customer or they just were a customer a, sitting at my bar? Cause I had been talking again, I was very um, in my business, meaning mm -hmm. like, 
you know, it was a 6,500 square foot bar and restaurant. I mean, the bar sat 40. So I was out there chatting and making sure things were going and because mm-hmm. I didn't have management in place because mm-hmm. um, I just wasn't there. But I had like a bar manager, a kitchen manager. So I had people, but just I was always out there and friendly and sure. chatting. And I was talking about what I was doing even then. But this guy, the fascinating part was this guy had never owned a business before. Mm-hmm. This is what he wanted to do with his retirement money. Mm-hmm. So you oh never God. know. I know well, he's crazy. But the <laughs> thing is, is like, because when restaurants hard, it's hard. I mean, it's, I mean, all business is hard, but restaurants, a lot of work and the margins are not, you think there's margins, but there's not a lot of margin. And so anyway, and he approached me. I was just mm-hmm. talking about it. He's like, would you sell it to me? And I was like, really? Yeah. I mean, so it just goes to show you never know. Like, right. and if you're putting out there, like, we're thinking about leaving, like, I'm trying to fix it because, like, I want my grandbaby and there's nothing wrong with the business. Like, I'm not saying, like, I hate my life. I hate my business. You know, that's probably not a good idea to go out and talk about how you hate your business. Right. But. You know, I want to retire. I want to go see my grandbabies. Those are good things. Those are just life transitions. I want to retire. Mm -hmm. Right. But I built this amazing thing and I want to see it continue. Right. Right. Not only for me, but for Mm -hmm. economy, for my town, for my community, for my Mm -hmm. customers, all those reasons. I'm, you know, a little different. So you had the restaurant. You also had Mm -hmm. another eating establishment did mm-hmm. that go with it or how did you handle it that? did not um that one and all this happened right before covid and so the the other restaurant i actually wound up liquidating only because i um my landlord decided they wanted to control my hours mm-hmm. and uh it was during covid and i was open and actually really i was making money i was profitable it was an airport restaurant and um the landlord decided they i had to be open certain hours and i said, no, thank you. And so they basically told me I could bid on my own restaurant because I didn't own it. And it was an airport restaurant. It's not like I could have moved it down the block. Right. And so I was kind of stuck. They knew that. They knew that. They wanted to play hardball. With they you. got me. Yep. And so, and I just, I'm a little bit stubborn and I just thought, no, you're not oh. going to dick. I did not go into business for you to decide what's best for my business. And right. it was, I was actually, my city owned the airport. And so I, I just thought, no, we're going to let it go. And so, so that one I liquidated. So I've actually uh, done a, sa- a purchase. I've done, um, I mean, a sale. Uh, I found the buyer. I did a liquidation and I did an earn-in for my candy store um, mm-hmm. and another one I closed. So, you know, I've done a little bit of everything and I've learned so much, which kind of led me to what I'm doing now, which mm-hmm. helping mm-hmm. people to navigate this part and not only navigate like when they're ready to go, but, but. Think about it way, 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 way back when they start. Because right. exactly. if I had been smarter or really thought about mm-hmm. not only how I wanted to grow it, but why I wanted to grow it to a certain right. level in, in a certain way and been more educated, I would have made different decisions. Right. Exactly. That's one of the things I think is very important is that when you set up now set up the business. You have to organize it in such a way that, you know, that your outcome is the intention, right? So, for example, you know, if you plan on just shutting the door, then you do an LLC and you just whatever. But if but if you're planning on, let's say your family taking it over, maybe you go with an S-Corp so you can issue stock and do some different things. And that's where I think a lot of people uh, 
overlook that piece when they set yeah. up the business because that's where all the energy is these days, mm-hmm. right? Be a business owner, start up. This is great. Right. But they don't do the back end. And like you said, you were very fortunate. A, you were able to sell a giant restaurant before COVID. Mm-hmm. And B, you found a you found a buyer relatively quickly, uh, yeah. which again uh, was probably great because you know sometimes when you put a business up for sale, it can take a long time. Well, and I mean, you know, not to be a downer, but you know, they say biz by sell says eighty five percent of listed businesses don't sell. And that's for a lot of reasons. Obviously, sometimes they're crappy businesses or sometimes they're really not businesses. Sometimes they're just jobs, right? Right. Sometimes like the profitability is not there, but other times there's often not enough buyers. And that's kind of what the other part of why we started doing this is in the next five years, all the boomers will retire. I mean, they're going to be in their 70s and they're done. And so all of those businesses in the next five years, 12 million of them, I believe, are going to be for sale in some way, shape, or form. Most of of those boomers need to sell to retire, but there's not enough buyers. Right. So now we've got us not only thinking strategically about like, okay, if I'm going to be up against 12 million other businesses, what's going to make mine sell? How am I going to be the 15%, not the 85%? Right. And I think we could ship that to 15% to more like 40 or 50 if we talk to enough people. Right. But I think also, it's also opening up our minds to different ways to exit, right? Right. Whether a lot of people, you know, sell or find, people are going to have to start being creative with financing. They're going right. to have to get more familiar and more comfortable mm-hmm. with how they exit. Because like, like you said, you know, if I, uh, if I sold and I, somebody gave me, you know, let's just say $200,000 in cash, well, I'm going to lose a lot of money tax wise that way. Right. So it doesn't always make sense to get it all up front. Right. Sometimes you can collect interest over five years on a balloon payment. There's all different ways to do that. So that's a whole other discussion. Right. But I think when you think about the fact that there's not enough buyers, like you said, it sometimes takes a long time. Sometimes it's because it's not a great business or it's in a right. dying industry or it hasn't been set up in a way. And I've right. talked to brokers a lot about this. Like, don't just tell them to liquidate because it's going to be hard. Maybe recommend them to us. We'll help them. Like, and then magically they'll have a business that's sellable and it doesn't, right. it's not, it doesn't have to be as hard. Right. So, yeah, I mean, and, and so, yes, it does take a long time and most don't sell. Eventually they just give up and they're just like, you know, I'm just going to liquidate for as much as I can. The long lasting bad part about that is that what happens to our economy of 12 million businesses? All right. say so let's say 80% of them go away. What happens? Right. right. Like what happens to our chambers of commerce? What happens to our cities? What happens to our downtowns? What happens? Right. Because retail is big one. Retail and restaurant are big ones mm-hmm. because they require people and people are hard to come by. Right. Exactly. What are buyers looking for in a business? Now, what I, you know, I personally think that there's going to be a lot more interest in business ownership because oh, yeah, I do sure. think, there, you know, there are people who maybe they're, doing DoorDash now and they're doing Uber and they're kind of yeah. doing the side hustle and they started, mm-hmm. they're getting a taste of that. Maybe they will want yeah. to buy a business. Right. So, yeah. but, so what are buyers looking for when they're evaluating mm-hmm. a business? Uh, yeah. it, I mean, some people want to do something completely different. Some people yeah. think 
you know, whatever. So what do you think are like the, the, the things that a, a buyer um, is looking for? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Photo retailers, energize your sales with ShareMeChat, the proven texting platform. Using chat to text on your website keeps your customers connected and buying. See us at Pro and IPI to find out why dealers using ShareMeChat close more sales without adding staff. Find out more at shareme.chat. I think, I mean, so it depends what kind of buyer. If mm-hmm. I wanted to be um, a buyer of a business that I don't want to run myself, I'm going to only look at professionalized companies. In other words, companies where the owner is not doing everything. Because if I buy that business that the owner is doing everything and overseeing everything, I'm going to have to now do this or find somebody and some kind of operator to do that. Right. And so doesn't mean it's off the table. It just means that's kind of maybe what I'm looking for. But other people, like I had um, a gentleman, uh, Michael, and he owned a restaurant company, um, a catering. Uh, and COVID was hard on him in Jersey mm-hmm. for 35 years. Okay. Now he had done millions and millions in sales prior. COVID was a rough one because people weren't gathering and he was doing a lot of catering, but he had those contracts. And so he was discussing with us, like, should I, shouldn't I, what, what is it worth now based on post COVID numbers, but also what do I have to do? What is it going to take for me to be able to sell it? And do I want to do that? Right. So we were doing that. And my suggest, some of my suggestions were him was like, okay, if you want someone to just buy it out entirely, fine. That's a very finite group of people. But what if you had somebody that you could get from a culinary school who dreams of owning their own restaurants mm-hmm. and that you taught them all the things? Maybe you don't exit entirely. Maybe you exit 50%, but they you bring them up in it so they can now run it, right? It's like have, adopting a kid who's going to take it over. That is a possibility for people. He chose not to sell, actually. He actually just decided to give, give himself a year. He's going to enjoy the year and call it. That I mean, and again, that's the thing about exit planning is like you at least weigh out all the options and think right. about what are, who might this be? What am I willing to do? And mm-hmm. you figure out those things and then you make a plan from that. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, it broke my heart a little because he had a 35-year-old business. Mm-hmm. With contracts in place, there's value there. Mm-hmm. Right. Where you're building a catering business specifically. Yeah. And you're in a community for 35 years. You've got so much brand equity in that yeah. community that generations of yeah. people who have celebrated or yeah. whatnot. And so they know the name, they trust it. They're, you're right. There's a tremendous amount of value there. Yeah, there is. And it's just going to poof, just disappear. And then we'll be just back. He's just going to do it. He's going to call it. He's going to turn the lights off and call it and sell it all. And I mean, that's his decision, right? We tried to talk him out of it because like, I love businesses and I hate to see. You were tempted to buy into it, weren't you? Right. No, I, I, you know, the part of me, the the ADHD person was like, well, I, I thought about it for a minute because I can't help. Don't lie. You did. You did. But, but I mean, it's like that kind of thing. It's like, geez. So like buyers are look, it depends what they're looking for. So buyers that have bought before are looking for specific things. So like from a seller perspective, I kind of came up with a list for myself that I actually share with our clients and that it's like, I call it my seller's checklist. And it's like, okay, are you working in this business? Okay, how much, right? Mm -hmm. If you are, what can you delegate? Who can you train? 
who, how can you replace yourself in this business, right? right? Is it transferable? Right. Right. Or is this a job? Right. Because if it's a job, it's not really a business. I mean, it, it, that hurts a lot of people. But the reality is, if it's a job and you only do it, like I had uh, um, Wolfgang was one of my solopreneurs who we did a workshop together. And, you know, he had gotten rid of all of his staff and COVID and all that. And now he had to decide, am I going to bring them all back as subcontract? He had all this equipment to be able to have something to sell or do mm -hmm. I just liquid, liquidate now, right? And he decided to go all in and start to build back and get himself because it was him and his wife. Right. Well, they're not going with the business. That's the whole point of selling. Right. I have another guy, Jim, who is an electrician. And he was thinking a couple of years and he was going to sell it to, he was going to sell it to his employees. But his employees could only pay so much and he's right. like, he's invested emotionally. So we came up with a plan for him and he actually just found a, a different buyer because he separated things. But one of the strategies was, you know, you're of an age. There's a lot of people who do what you do in your town who also want to exit. Why not scoop them up and then mm -hmm. add them to yours? Now, all of a sudden you've doubled and tripled your business and right. the value. Right. Right. So there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But so, OK, what are buyers looking for? They're looking for something that's transferable easily. Mm -hmm. Right. OK. Some people are looking for a fire sale. Mm -hmm. Right. They're looking to say, hey, have you know, uh, I heard a podcast the other day and she said, you know, when my buyer, she buys boring, like old businesses like. And so he said to her something from his AOL account. And she was like, oh, I want to buy your business. <laughs> it's like, who is on AOL? Right. It's like. <laughs> But you know, that person probably has not kept up with the times. They probably have not instituted the tech that would make a lot of their job or life easier and more profitable. And they probably haven't raised prices. Yeah. So there's a quick game mm -hmm. if you buy a business just by raising prices, mm -hmm. making a new offer. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, my I'll give you a story. My husband is a, a contractor, carpenter. And um, he's always worked for himself and he's just always worked on um, referrals. And so, but he saw, we do flips now and he had to hire someone and they were hiring at 75 bucks an hour. And he, he had maxed out at like 45 and he was like, they're charging what? And I said, yeah, because you haven't come along with the times in the sense like you at this point, if you want need a builder, you need a plumber, you need an electrician, you'll pay whatever they ask because you need them to come. Right. Whereas my husband is stuck a little bit back in the 80s and 90s. Right. right? But he has way more knowledge mm -hmm. right. than any of these guys charging double what he was. Right. Right. And that same is true in a business. Like you get so in it, you're like, nobody will ever pay that. I'll tell right. you, I own a candy store. Mm -hmm. I charge $14 a pound for candy. And my husband's like, no one would pay that. And I'm like, they do every day. Mm -hmm. It's just a different mindset, right? Because, you know, it's funny you say, I just had someone on the podcast, we we're talking about the, the traditional, the currency of the photo industry used to be the four mm -hmm. by six print, right? The snapshot. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this person was talking about how, you know, there is, there's so much value there that people don't understand that. Mm -hmm. And people are charging, you know, 18, 17, 15 cents for that when they could easily double it because right. it's not as price sensitive as it used to be no, because it's, it's a different value um, mm -hmm. equation, just right. like candy is right. You can buy yeah. candy at any 
corner convenience store at every gas station or whatever, mm-hmm. but I bet if I walked into Tracy Gunn's candy shop, I would see something that I wouldn't see there. And that's Correct. why I need the $14 right. a pump. Or third or 300 jars to pick from where you can make your own custom bag. I'm selling a service, not a product. Right, right, right. That's right? a whole other conversation we it have. It is another con- But the point is, is <laughs> but that- no, but, no, as, but, that, but that's a great yeah. point. Great point. You know, as a seller, think about like, what would a buyer be able to make their money back? Right. Right. right? Would they, would the money go down the tube? over what period of time? Right. Because, I mean, sometimes it's really fast because it's new eyes, new blood, new conversation, fresh mm-hmm. with more experience or different experience. Exactly. In an old model. I mean, yeah. um, and so, and the other thing I think to yourself is, okay, if you're looking for a buyer, thinking about like, if I handed this over, let's even, let's just say the perfect buyer showed up today and they offered me a million dollars and I could walk away. Would it fall apart if I left? One million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. It's like, it's what would it fall apart? Yeah. If I wasn't here with all the band-aids yeah. and making sure, is it mm. transferable? Mm. Because nobody wants to buy a business that's going to fall apart. Right. Nobody buys a business thinking it's going to fail it happens sure but no one can go business with the idea that it's going to fail unless you're uh you know wanting to do it for tax reasons or something i don't know anybody who does that except in the movies so where can people go to reach out to you for more information about you and the types of programs you offer so um getexitable.com is Mm -hmm. like our home page hub and that'll kind of like get you in our little world. We mm-hmm. do have um, an offer for your listeners if they wanted to start thinking about exit plan. And I say this with all sincerity. It doesn't matter if you're thinking about like, I wish I could sell yesterday. I wish I could sell next year or in 20 years. The simple fact is, is you really should consider mm-hmm. some type of plan, right? They say, I used to have an airport restaurant and the, the pilots would say, you know, if you take off, if you're just a little bit off, you're going to wind up in Seattle instead of LA. If you're a trajectory, you need to know where you're going and you got to have it like a pinpoint on a map, just so what you, when you get off course, you have a way to, to correct. Right? right. And so that is true. Sorry, I'm bringing up my, I want to tell you the right thing. So it's get exitable um, slash exit plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll put a link on the homepage just so it makes it easier. But it's getexitable.com or uh, tracygun.com is me. And I'm on all the socials. So let's be friends. <laughs> well, thank you, Tracy, for your time and everything. And looking forward to reconnecting with you in the future. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Dead Pixel Society podcast. Read more great stories and sign up for the newsletter at www the deadpixelssociety.com.